0: Garden Report is brought to you, as always, by our exclusive wagering partner, BetOnline. Go to BetOnline.ag. Use the code CLNS50 for a 50% welcome bonus on your initial deposit. BetOnline is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. A new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Once again, use the code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your initial deposit. From football to basketball, boxing, your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Once again, bet online, where the game starts. Use the code CLNS50 for 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Come in, guys. Garden Report, final preseason show, final preseason game. Real stuff is happening and, uh, we got a lot to talk about. It's, uh, and so we're going to get into it. We're going to warn you ahead of time. It's going to be a short show. Um, so we're going to go for about 30 minutes tonight. We're going to try to get it all in. And really there's two big stories right now and really only two things worth talking about. Uh, one, overall, sure, yes, good effort tonight. Uh, missing four of your best six players. Uh, the Heat played their starters. They played it like a real game. Uh, that was great. They lose, but I liked overall what we saw. Don't pay attention to the final score. This was a good game. Actually, there's there's a few good things to talk about. But the bad thing is the first thing, and we have to talk about it because it's really a kick in the teeth um, for anybody here um, who's got a lot Especially of Rob George. Williams. Uh, for anyone who's got a lot of Rob Williams stock, and that's me. Um, Rob is, has been diagnosed with, uh, uh, knee tendinopathy, which is basically patellar tendinitis, which is known as jumper's knee. Um, we're not going to play doctor here. We're just going to say this freaking stinks. Um, and you know, I'm not going to play. I told you so with the, he didn't look right, but he hasn't looked right. And he doesn't look like he's been jumping. And one of the reasons he's not jumping, he has jumper's knee and he, <laughs> So here we freaking go with this guy, man, and I—I I don't even
1: know what to do. I'm so depressed
0: about it, you guys.
1: I thought uh, it was fatigue. I didn't know this thing is like medical now. You know that—that's what worries me. But it's—it's uh, it's still early, John. But I hear what you're saying. All right,
2: put it there. Well, I, Joe Sway, I, I'm not pulling a "it's early" card on this one uh, because no, this is not this, you because. Too. We, because this is an issue, and you know this, Joe Sway. we've been talking about Rob Williams and potential and trying to work through injuries forever and a day. And so this is par for the course with that guy. Um, I love his game. I love when he's healthy. But that's the problem. I can't get his ass healthy enough for any extended period of time. Is this bad
1: luck, though? Is this bad luck, no. or is this you didn't take care of yourself when you were supposed to? And I'm not I, just trying to be that guy, but I'm just asking straight
2: up. I don't think I don't think it's that. I, I think this is just he's going to be someone who it's a roll of the dice whether he's going to be healthy or not. It really, so it
0: yeah. So I think I think it's a, a, a kind of a chicken or the egg thing. I think he's not in great shape. I didn't. I that, he looked to me not like a person who put on muscle through a training program in the off season. He just looked bigger. He looked puffier. He didn't look chiseled or jacked or rounded shoulders or cut up arms he looked thicker to me it looked to me like a guy who didn't work out much this offseason now what you don't know is one we don't know that's for sure he might just have one of those like Paul Pierce style bodies that doesn't really get cut up and that's just how he is and that's how he's gonna look fine Uh, you can give a bunch of benefit of the doubt sort of things but what we don't know is if Is he not able to go hard, to go through a rigorous offseason, to change his body type, to get into physical condition, good physical condition, because he has these chronic issues and this blood flow thing and all of this stuff that he's constantly dealing with, keeping him from really being able to work and get – and so he's always got to manage – what he does physically speaking, or is he in bad shape, which is why he keeps getting hurt because he has muscle weakness everywhere and an explosive athlete like Rob, who's bounding all over the place and flying through the sky has weakness and all around, you know, his muscles causing tendonitis in his joints and his knees and things like that. I have no idea what it is, but I, I think this is the last thing in the world you wanted on the eve of the start of the season on a guy you just Put your faith in and gave the money to, and again I don't know if he shows up and he plays the opener and he plays twenty straight games, and fine everyone can say John you freaked out and overreacted for nothing. I'm just not seeing it going that way, and I am you know I am on a you know as optimistic as I am about Rob in general. Uh, I'm sl- I'm mashing the panic button right now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to. Ma-
0: I am mashing the panic button.
2: I'm I'm not mashing a panic button. I but I'm I'm concerned about this because it is a chronic issue with him. And the thing, in John, you kind of alluded and, to and this. And playing
0: it cool. Udoka apparently is saying he'll be all right. We'll see. I just don't, We've don't trust that himself. before. I don't We've trust heard the, the Celtics' medical stuff. So that's my yeah. thing, yeah, and especially say, on mean, Rob. he's
1: but... new. He's new to the to the team. So he doesn't, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Right.
2: That's what they told you. It Doesn't really mean <laughs> that's the case, but. Uh, but go ahead, Sherrod, go ahead. No, I, 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 to, to your point earlier, we don't know the, the trickle down effect of the blood flow issue and some of the other injuries he's had on his ability to, to get in shape. Uh, we And my concern right now is that you've got a player who is only going to be able to give you peak 20, 25 minutes a game. And that, that blows. If that's what, if, that, if that's like the ceiling for him, if he, if that's, the most you're going to get from him in terms of playing time. And as, as some of the folks in the chat have mentioned, I mean, it, it you ha, kind of have, you're thinking about Moses Brown and how he would have been nice to just be able to kind of throw out there just to yeah. see what he could do.
1: Yeah. That's funny. You say that. Cause I was thinking that that was the insurance policy on Rob and they that's just what let I that thought. policy go. Like,
0: yeah. For no reason. That was the yeah. classic, Al is older. Rob is injury prone. I, I was stunned at the Mo Brown thing, and everyone's like, "Dude, Mo Brown sucks." It doesn't matter. It's a, yeah. it, it's a, it's a rotational bench big that made no money that was controllable for years. He was, and Sherrod even said it. You know, Sherrod and I were both banging. You don't trade a guy like Mo Brown. You're thrilled to have Mo Browns on your team because guys who can play who make that little and you have them locked up and controlled. But this, this, this comment here is interesting because this. So all the, the first... words about my voice, man. What's with this mic? Am I do I sound weird or what? Yeah, just I, I, I have as much faith in your technical <laughs> capabilities as I do Rob's health when it, in, in these shows. Okay, it's about the same. It's about, <laughs>
1: but. I'm crystal clear this time though.
0: (laughs) This comment is is everything because we talked about it when Rob said this to Bobby, you know, and he said it he said or when we were talking about when Rob said this in the offseason, my goal is to play 60 games. We were like, that's a shitty goal. Like that's three quarters of the season. Your goal is your pie in the sky dream is to play 75% of games. And that was a major red alert Uh for me.
2: Yep. He knows his body better than anybody. Yeah. And when he, when, he, when he dropped that 60-game nugget, that should have been our clue that, you know what, he knows that his body is not going to withstand the rigors of a typical NBA season. Now, he's going to have to take some timeouts. He's going to miss some games. They're going to have to go load management with, with him. I, I think it's pretty obvious.
0: But everyone's yeah, but telling I me that, I'm be. Everyone's telling me I'm being a. I'm freaking out for no we reason. We knew
1: this before the start of the season, though. I to try to use my like when I was twelve voice, I guess, or eight voice. But we knew this before the before before the season even started because we knew the track record that Rob has going into this. What you thought that just a, a magic somewhere or the or the fact of. <laughs> Fresh off of (laughs) fresh off what we saw last season. Did you really think that he was gonna come in and and play 30 minutes? It doesn't work that way. Plus all the extra weight that he's put on, all the muscle he's put on. Joe Sway's anonymous right now. I don't know what's man. (laughs) What about now? What about now? What about
0: about now?
3: I'm about to throw away this whole thing. Our
0: demands are as follows.
1: (laughs) You will flip the money into the drawer. Oh, 100000000 million dollars. <laughs> and pointing the, 20, the worst no. <laughs> I mean it wasn't the worst, it was but, worse, but... Uh, it's so good. Put on the mask, go <laughs> full anonymous here. But no, in all seriousness, guy, we knew we we're gonna have to Andy, ramp him up here. Yeah, I'm gonna plug yeah. this whole thing.
0: Your mic is crackling too. you you're you're I like right now the Wi-Fi
2: is the best thing you have going, and that's the which thing is, I which take, is so. which is sad, yeah. Uh so good so all so all you guys with rob william stock are you are you guys ready to just completely cash it in or are you going to ride this out a little bit
0: i you know me Sherrod, by now yeah. I, I i ready to cash you, that shit in I, yes. I react instantly okay to things and yes i might do i overreact maybe from time to time do i am i right every once in a while every once or in a, a while lot you are. quite oh, a bit you, <laughs> we went from once in a while to quite a bit, damn. but this Rob thing, I what the first preseason game, I come in there. I'm like, all right, I'm not going to make it all about Rob, but you have a choice. I'm really worried about Rob. You know, like I didn't like what I saw at all. Just way, You got to go. Uh, all right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. I want to remind everyone again about our sponsor, a new sponsor on the Garden report insa okay another green team you should know all about get it i get it yeah get it uh massachusetts premier cannabis dispensaries insa that's i-n-s-a premier because they're the founders pat and pete they re-engineered the cannabis model from what they sell to how they sell it while never forgetting it's for everyone insa dispensaries are inviting and modern so come in uh and you can learn more the staff are friendly they're authorities on the product and on the science they can answer every question the difference between flowers concentrates offerings for insomnia anxiety whatever you have it or if you just want to chill with your friends uh, it has a world-class chef and only hires the most respected growers who perfected their craft uh, so okay yeah North them. Shore loves them. We yeah. should do
3: a little INSA before one of our sh- next shows. Yeah, Just to <laughs> see what happens.
0: Yeah, I usually do it with about fifteen minutes left in the show. I, I, I t- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you
3: yeah, know, John was yeah. doing it in the fourth quarter. That's why, right. that's why you always get a little loopy towards the end. I'm gonna be right back, guys. <laughs> oh boy, that's how that, John survived the before. When the screen goes no, but black uh, for a minute. I'm gonna insa uh, The same so, location, neighbors, right down the street from
0: me. Everybody right reads down the street. about him. So Salem, East Hampton, two Springfield locations, uh, including one just off uh, I-91 next to the MGM Casino. Uh, Mentioned the Garden Report, told you to stop by for a sweet T-shirt for just a penny. Uh, Go to Insa.com if you want to inquire, 877-500-INSA. Once again, our sponsor, Insa. Go to Insa.com. Anyway, I, I, I'm not taking victory laps over that, but I, I, I'm quick to make a judgment. I didn't like what I saw early, early, early. And yeah. then th- the, the, the diagnosis kind of confirms what the eye test is telling you, that he's got a little something. So we'll see, we'll see. And some people are saying I'm never right. Okay, yeah, never right. No, not about Kemba. We had a, we had a group apology <laughs> came at the end of last year, but sure. Um, Bobby. Hey. What did he may say? He said, everything's fine. Rob's going to be great, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, he said, we'll keep an eye on him. So we'll see where this goes. But I mean, it wasn't your death sentence. (laughs) It's not. It's a bad sign,
0: like, to have this right now.
3: Right? No, it is. I mean, this is something that, like, tendinitis or tendinopathy, whatever you want to call about it, that by definition is a lingering thing. And I actually sure. asked that once, you know, he gave the prognosis that he will be back um, whether that's going to be something they have to manage game by game. And he said he hasn't heard anything on that yet. So I think there's still some information to come on this, Um but it is good that they're at least aiming to have him back within a game. We won't see him for 10 games. Game. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't be stunned if that's what ends up happening. I so. wouldn't be
0: stunned. I'd be stunned if he played early in the first couple of games. Um, Yo, I don't need no
3: sticking mic. Which yes. is fine. I mean, I was saying this in the group chat. Rob's the ceiling raiser on this team. But in terms of surviving game in and game out, it's not devastating to be missing them a few games here or there. You want to play the long game with actually having them ready at the most important time of year, which is kind of what they did last year, I felt like, with the minute limitations and everything else there. And this team isn't as thin at yeah. that center spot as last year's was where it's devastating to be missing them. But we're, but we're reaching the point, like, the problem here is, like, it's not
0: an overreaction to the injury. It is, you know, we were basing everything on Rob on injuries being fluky, him not being injury prone, and you you, you take the leap of faith and you give him the contract and you say that for this team to get to the next level, you're going to need Rob to continue his ascent, to be all-star caliber. And now we're recalibrating expectations and saying, eh, if they get something out of him, we're fine. No, he's supposed to be a star on this team. And if he's not, you, you you should not have paid him a freaking cent and you should have just uh, gone back on, to the, John. if he's, if this that's is a, what
4: you have, but you if, knew that was a gamble worth taking though, John,
0: I thought it was a gamble worth taking only because at worst you get what you got last year, which is
4: probably worth close to.
0: So you're not going to lose. What he got? All
4: <laughs> yeah. But you have more than a year to work with that, John, right? This isn't, this isn't, you're not, you know, you're not. Doing it's
3: surprising. Things. They didn't go with more of an incentive based contract for sure. Yeah.
2: That. That's yeah.
3: I My only thinking on that is if you go the incentive route with the things we've been talking about with setting up trades is that that doesn't count toward salary matching and that kind of thing if he doesn't hit those numbers. So I think they minimize that as much as possible. It only ended up being about like $6 million there. But,
0: but the thing with Rob is we, we were trying to decide whether or not we thought the injuries were a bit fluky and if he gets himself right, has a full offseason, he goes in there and there's no reason why he can't play. But now you're starting to think it's chronic, he's got – issues that are never going to go away and you're starting out with this right out of the gate and completely throw yeah that's
3: the concern right that's the big concern
0: is we can now i think we can now feel fairly confident when we say this is how it's going to be with him last year we could ask questions is it fluky was there a few things going on you know, or is he just a guy who's going to always be dealing with injuries because of X, Y, and Z? It's hard to think that's not going to be the case, which is really depressing because it's just more a reality check than anything. That's all.
3: It's the question whether he can play through this stuff, right? I you don't know. He know. Through the turf and and
0: what he if he plays it? What if he plays and he's not the explosive? Ro- what if the version of him you see you see is the guy we saw in the preseason? Yeah, who again? That's... I don't know why people argued with me on like Twitter over this. Like he looks fine. He clearly didn't look fine. He didn't jump. The whole preseason, he never got off his feet up over the rim and did anything explosive. He was very measured and played really they slow. A jump shots. Yeah. Jump shots. It was very passive and so unlike him. He didn't do anything to showcase his freakish athleticism, which is what separates him from everybody. Without that, what is he?
3: What are they without
0: him? That's that's Seriously, Sherrod, what is he without that? He's not okay. very good.
2: Yeah, they're not. But they're not very good because he provides a dynamic to their roster that no one else can. The gravity. Had, and, and they and you can't make up that athleticism. You can't make up that size. Uh, we, we saw Ennis Cantor is a great offensive rebounder. He can score around a room. But defensively, he's a turnstile. He, he's he's not stopping anyone. Yeah. And that we we saw. I mean, I'm, I'm listening to Scal in a broadcast, and he's talking about. I'm trying to figure out where exactly is Ennis supposed to be on this particular defensive rotation because he seems and to be the one like scary. Person. Yeah, you just don't you, you don't know how he fits in and what you're trying to do defensively. And then you, you look your yeah, Owls in, in you know in, in isolation
3: now, and the really it, scary thing about is options. that they- – they can't run the system that they want to run here. It no, doesn't he's, seem like they want to drop as much he's
0: just day. a few minutes coming off the bench in spurts and see if you can get some offense and he can work it on the glass. Um, we because this is gonna be a short-ish show, I do wanna we do have to move on. I could we could talk about this for a while because I do think it is a large story, but I think it will uh, not do justice to some of the other people who definitely deserve some of our time. And so I'm gonna let Sherrod start out with his boy who has now Sherrod, because of my, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done is as far as, <laughs> as far as investment goes, I was the only guy holding Romeo stock. The, I, o- the only guy I on the the planet. from John for like, two and minutes. I got it all. I and got I, all of Romeo I, stock when it dumped was dumped worthless. It, I dumped it for nothing. I, I had all of it. I dumped it for nothing. Thank now you I, very much. Now. So again, this is the guy who I thought, we might see and then gave up on Com- after the after the lackluster Vegas League. We're like, nope, same guy. He doesn't get it. And my God, three oh two two weeks ago, Bobby, we're talking about he might not even have a role, period, on this team. I mean, I remember Jay Jake, Jake King did his minutes breakdown on the athletic and he had Romeo with zero. <laughs> so and then everyone that- got hurt. I know, but uh (laughs) Sherrod, you start
2: in on it because you you've got all the stock, so you you get all you get all the airtime. Well, here's the thing about Romeo that I like. He's doing exactly what you want him to do, and that is make the most of your your moment out there. He's either knocking down shots, playing good defense, doing all the things that if you are a young guy who know is you know it's not gonna get much burn, but now you got your moment, do the damn thing, make plays. Force Ime to choose between whether he's gonna play you or someone else. Am I gonna play the guy who's being productive, or am I gonna play the guy who I like? Romeo yeah. is making it very hard for Ime to keep him out of that, that top six, seven, eight-man rotation. And that's right. what you're supposed to do. And he yes. and the thing is, all he's doing, all he's doing is what he's capable of doing. There's nothing fancy or special about what Romeo's doing. He's he's wide open. He's making a shot. A guy beats you off the dribble. Close out. Force him to take a contested shot. All the basic fundamental things, and he's he's, doing it consistently now. He's scoring at three
4: levels, though. And I'll even I'll even take it one step further, right? Because obviously he's doing the fundamentals. He's he's where he's supposed to be. He's running the plays. But he's also adding a little finesse to it, right? A little of his own salt in it, you know, if you will, right? Putting the ball on the floor. Yeah. Getting those open looks. You know, he's kind of feeling himself. Yeah, he had that look going. You know, he's feeling himself. You know, he was you know, talking to Max a bit because he, he talked to him. I mean, he played with him back when, when, when he was with the Celtics you know, a couple years ago. He's chit-chatting. Like, this is someone that's looking way more comfortable out there, whether it's coming in a different kind of role, whether it's starting. He's out there. He's playing. He's not thinking too much. And he's doing his thing. I mean, honestly, sometimes I feel like we get some more of this Romeo when he's on the road. But I know overall, just from the preseason, from what we've seen, he's he certainly stepped it up overall overall. But I just feel like tonight he was just sort of in the zone, but very comfortable out there, which is a very good sign. He's the
2: story of the preseason, right? I think so.
4: I would say well,
2: so. Yeah. Other than other than obvious the guys yeah. missing who should the be injuries out there, and all that. But, but in terms right, of a right.
0: player, and, and this is yeah. this is what's crazy. You know, how many times did we say last year, secret to the team's success is not who they get and it's not what they do in free agency or if they swing a big trade. It they'll be better if if the kids that they currently have get better and if they don't, they won't everybody looks better. Romeo looks leaps better. Neesmith has shown some improvement for sure. He, uh, he had a a couple of pull-ups and uh, you know, step back uh, tonight. Uh, He's stepping into his shots. He's hitting his threes earlier instead of starting cold, which I definitely think hurts him. Uh, Pritchard. We saw him in summer league. He looked like he could score from, you know, anywhere uh, and his shot, you know, looks lethal right now. Slim Grant is friggin' skying for dunks right now. Everybody but Rob. How, how are you got not going to
3: mention Peyton Pritchard? That's I my did. story. I did. did. You
2: You just
4: blanked right out, my man.
3: Oh, <laughs> he's the story of the preseason. You, 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 he's pre- the one you
0: prejudged me. Blankert. You're like no, John's no, not going to no, no, mention no. Bobby, Pritchard. Bobby just
4: wants to get in his his two cents about seeing uh, Pritchard. I'm not even going to. I'm not even gonna repeat what you said last week about the whole starting business. But you oh, um, know, getting God. that vital role just out of the sole fact that he's. One of the better, if not the best three point shooter on this team right now. So that's that's what Bobby's getting at, I think.
3: Yeah. And the facilitation's getting there. I mean, he has helped Langford and Nismith come along here. That's a big part of this too. But Langford, I'm not gonna take away from anything here. Like you were right. We we thought this guy was lost <laughs> the media day saying, I don't know my role here. All of a sudden, I think there's a real chance this guy could start if uh if Al Horford and Jalen Brown are missing Who? on opening night. Langford. You Neesmith, know, if you, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely is think, cl-
0: r- right now. If Rob misses it, I- I'm going a uh, uh, then then he's a lock to start, I think, because you're gonna start Horford as a traditional big, you're gonna mm-hmm. start Tatum, you're gonna start Marcus, and then who? I think I think he's the fourth automatic. Richardson, starter. maybe
3: I think it's Richardson or Lankford, and yeah. depending if Brown's out, it's uh, Romeo, two, man. Yeah, I-, I, think I think he it may sh- could be
0: both. I think he may showed you tonight what he thinks. Um, this was supposed to be the, the game where, yeah, this is the dress rehearsal. Um, And if Romeo start, well, we say that, but then Jabari started. But I think that was just
4: <laughs> yeah. It's, well, a, it's call a call nothing. is plan for Eme. This whole preseason, okay. This whole preseason, Ema is like, yo, know, this is what head coaching life is like. Jeez, like, right? I can't play anybody... anything to go yeah. my way, like,
3: right. Well, Langford he these starters well too. That's Not a good point, Josue. Think... My God, is he dealing with a lot right now? he hasn't even had his,
0: his first his debut. You know, his official debut hasn't even happened yet. Gee. Right. Wait till wait till something wait till something real happens, and then you start to question his you know performance.
4: Right now, he's just oh, dealing with friggin' yeah. you know. If, this team, you if this team comes out the gate five hundred, uh, like a ten and ten or twelve and twelve, uh, that that'll, that that train will come up. For
3: sure. Yeah. Meanwhile, m- Schroeder's stepping on guys. <laughs> but, but Rome, oh, like I said, Butler stepped,
2: yeah. Butler stepped on his foot first. That was a turning point in this that game. Oh, no, wait. Yeah.
4: Hold on, guys. I know it's preseason, but you already know I was so hyped when Jason Tatum said, Hold on, yo, hold on, veteran. That's my man you about to step on real quick. He didn't get in his face, right? He didn't get in Jimmy Butler's face. Oh, but is
3: there a confrontation? That's the
4: attitude I want to see from Jason Tatum, okay? Because that Protect kind is a guys.
3: confrontation.
2: Yeah, a little confrontation <laughs> preseason. I like it. That's a twenty. That's a twenty twenty one confrontation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm but gonna, that's, uh, that's as good
4: as it gets. So I'll take it. Let's we'll go. see well, if
0: Max counts that one. The last guy, because like I said, because it's a short, <laughs> I know I got to
4: tell Max about that
0: because it's a short show. The last guy we do have to talk about here uh, is definitely Schroeder. Um, we hadn't gotten a chance to see him, and he was just hitting threes and jumpers in Bobby's eye all night. Um, <laughs> Just, just stepping back and putting it right in Bobby's face, um, all night long. No, but he looked. Look, what do you like about him? He attacks. He attacks. He attacks. He
3: attacks. And that's such take, a big- John, huh? you had a take on this development here in terms yeah. of the starting point guard on this team. Yeah, I did. <laughs> but I,
0: I mean, <laughs> right now, in a very, I like make. Like I said, I make quick judgments. You know, I, I wonder
2: if for the Hall of I wonder, Schro- <laughs> I wonder if Schroeder took Marcus's job. And I knew you were going to say that. I knew it. <laughs> you, know, you know what? I mean, I mean quiet as cat. he was playing I mean, out there, too. On, on this, on the last episode of the A-List podcast, Quanny and I had that very conversation. Because yeah. when, when we talked about Marcus being suspended, I mean, think about it. The last time Marcus missed the game, um, well, not the last time, but remember how Isaiah Thomas got his opportunity. Marcus missed the game. And then he, and then that snowballed into more games. Next thing you know, Isaiah Thomas is like an all-star and Marcus is a really good sixth man. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen with, with, with Schroeder, but would any of us be shocked if it did?
0: Well, the reason no, no. is because we've always be said we truly believe Marcus's best role is as a sixth man. I think he's miscast as a starting point guard with the – asked to carry the load in the, in the way that a traditional starting point guard does. He's not great at creating shots and creating offense. He's not a bad passer, but he's not elite by any means. And he doesn't have a deadly shot. So he is, he's one of those give the game what it needs. Sort of guys fill a bunch of different roles, come off the bench, play point, play shooting guard, play power forward. If you have to guard Zion in the post, he literally does everything, but, Everyone, the philosophy with Marcus was if he only has one job to do, he'll be better at it, but he's not excellent at that. It's not his, he's not born to be a point and guard.
4: I just think this was a unique situation though, because when you look at Marcus and how long he's been with the team and what he means to the team, it was sort of like you had to give him that opportunity to, to, to definitely, the team. you know what I mean? Like you had to give him that opportunity. And especially when you look at the, the score first point guards that you just went through. Right. And he sat there in the wing. And not to, not to say that he deserved to start over those guys, but he was able to find his own role. And I think that in terms of being a passer and a facilitator, he was coming off his best season of doing that. So it was sort of in the cards for him to, to take on this role. But, yeah, if Schroeder does steal it, I, it wouldn't shock me. But Politically, I do think that the Celtics are going to just – they wouldn't just make that change right away. It, it would have to be gradual. I agree. Politically, may couldn't do it exactly yeah. exactly politically it wouldn't it wouldn't it wouldn't be it wouldn't be good for him i the think i think Schroeder should
3: play i think he should play a ton because he's automatic scoring you know you got to get up to whatever amount of points you're going to need puts pressure game on the gonna, defense he's
2: an agitator he's an yeah. ultimate agitator i love those guys and love i think that. he's
3: just he he's the best driver on this team i think you know yeah. the most pure yeah. speed. and defensively you rim. have to look over
4: your shoulder every time yeah you oh, yeah,
3: want to he... put pressure on the defense. You want to make it hard to play
0: against. When you just sit back and you shoot a bunch of jumpers, you make it really easy on the defense. Like you want guys pressuring, you know, and, and go into the hole. And, you and know, so getting... that's
3: why I want him on the bench. He can yeah. kind of have his own time there <laughs> to take a bunch of shots, do what he needs to do to put up the numbers and lead that second unit. I think that was the whole idea in bringing him here. When you hear him talk about, we had conversations with guys coming in about their roles, starting bench, that kind of stuff. Um, You know, even Schroeder himself said, I want, you know, you always want to start, but whatever this team needs, I think they're fully prepared to have him come off the bench and own that role. And again, he did that in Oklahoma City stupendously. Yeah. Yeah. But the one thing he did
2: mention that doesn't, hasn't gotten a whole lot of attention is, yeah, he's okay with coming off the bench, but he wants to be on the floor down a stretch. Mm -hmm. He he made that pretty clear. He wants to be in that last fight. That's the big question
3: with this team. Who's, who's, that who's your last five?
2: five? Who, what's your closing group? And and, and, and Schroeder, he wants to be well with
0: I, that group. I think it's. I, I think you're going to have a very clear dynamic. If you're ahead, you're going to want Marcus, and if you're behind, you might want somebody who creates more offense. So you can see games where they're trailing or it's close, or they're having a difficult time getting buckets that so Schroeder's getting those minutes.
4: Um, and I think I can you're going to both. Though. No, yeah. that's your I offense defense right there. I think the only yeah, thing yeah, you're worried about, both. and I think this is a Depending part of Marcus. But this is the part of Marcus's game that he's added to. At least this is what I've seen before he was suspended. He's yeah. starting to attack the rim more, obviously looking for open guys, but he's got to find ways to score while he's in there. You know, pick, yeah. his, pick his pockets and, you know, pick, pick time throughout the game where he can get Shoot in there. Shoot some threes. Sure yeah, also, yeah. also, knock down your free throws. <laughs> like, that's something I think that if he can get that up and he gets more confident than that, then you have your offense defense. Then you have your backcourt to finish the games. And It won't necessarily Ooh. matter whether the both of those guys are starting or not.
3: By the end of the year, we'll be talking about Pritchard in this, in this I conversation. I love it. Bobby, I'm going to ask you this question because I have to bail. Um,
0: but, do, you, are, do you have studio control and you want to keep going for a little bit?
3: I can. I just need you to send me that link. That you're, the page you're on right now. <laughs> um, so you go back. You got
0: to leave and go to events studio. Go to events and log right. in with your log in with your. Uh, controls uh we'll keep talking for a little bit I have to bail but Bobby might keep the show going Sherrod also is not going to be super long for this night but there are a few things we did want to talk about Schroeder being one of them I did think we saw a little bit out of Richardson tonight we hadn't really seen yet and that was important for him because he'd been a uh kind of uh uh lightning rod for a lot of fans uh Mm -hmm. on this team But, again, I don't know. It's really hard to guess who earned their minutes and who's going to play where in the rotation because they might start the season without three starters or two starters.
2: Yeah, but I think think Romeo has locked himself into being in that top eight rotation, whether it's a starter coming off the bench. I can't see them going into that opener, even if you've got everyone healthy and good to go, without Romeo being in that top eight or nine right now. He's been that good. He's been that good. It's
4: it's no question you got to ride this wave and, and and see where it gets you. I mean, at this point too, you know that Romeo has been he's, he's had a frustrating start to his career. So it's like, mm-hmm. if this is what we're getting out of him, and he's obviously feeling comfortable and, and, and feeling great out there, then keep it going. You know, and, and that doesn't necessarily mean you you squeeze him for all he's worth. But I just think keep him in that rotation will be huge for his confidence and also for the outlook of the season. You know, you want you want that to be be a consistent thing, or if not, you know, let him earn his, his keep, so to speak, you know, he's sort of earned that spot. I think up until this point, all the way from summer league, you can even tie that into, you know, tie that into what we're seeing the, the past couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: absolutely. I'm going to Bobby, you can let yourself in if you have studio control, he is in, <laughs> um, I'm going to bail guys. I'm going to let Bobby run the show from here. Sherrod, if you want to leave, just tell these guys you're leaving. We are I'm back. Leaving. <laughs> we are
3: back.
0: We are back. When?
3: Wednesday.
0: Wednesday, Wednesday night. People are talking Ooh, about whether what? we'll do a preview. We might do something earlier in that day. We might do a preview oh, We'll have show. some
3: breaking news, John. Come on. Uh, we,
0: we will definitely be uh, – we might jump on for a little bit, even if it's just me and Bobby pregame or Joe Sway or whoever's around. Postgame for sure. We're going to hang out. Uh, so make sure you keep it with us. I'm going to bail. I'll let these guys continue talking. Um, but, again, uh, some good things. Uh, Rob. I, I need some good news. We'll see we'll see what happens. Romeo, the, you know, my Romeo. Romeo.
3: <laughs> my
4: guy. <laughs> <laughs> Romeo was balling
3: out. Yeah. All right. Almost All like right a guys, I'm, 180. I'm out. There goes Sharad. It's gonna be Joe Swain and Bobby. Wow, he was serious.
4: <laughs> he was joking for about 16 seconds.
3: This is fine. We used to do this.
4: Yeah. Um we'll go I a few more minutes mic, here.
3: And it got the, it got weird on me. Now that camera's getting weird on me. Oh no. Hold on. We'll go back to the normal view. All right, we'll there take a go. few questions. I think we um we can do a little national conversation here, too, at least in the East, kind of seeing where things are at here as the season gets started. Um, Any questions people have about the Celtics going into the year, we'll take them here in the chat. As and we then do before we journey. go, on, I got to get my Darth Vader
4: voice. All right?
3: I'll plug the mic back. <laughs> yeah. We'll do the whole thing again. So when you look <laughs> at the East, Joe Sway. Back your Barry White voice what's up where where do you see the Celtics stacking up
4: here I still think I still think best case scenario I mean if I'm if I'm a betting man that that fourth seed is maybe they they lock that up and that's not the worst case on court yeah fourth I don't know if I could put him in that third spot but then again we have to wait to see what Brooklyn looks like you know I'm still having those you know preconceived notions of of what that team's going to look like at the end of the at the end of of the regular season and you know, with or without Kyrie, we'll have to wait and see. But that's still a pretty that's still a really good Brooklyn Nets team out there. And in the meantime, I'm going to put this out at like four best case scenario. They get the home court advantage in the playoffs. But I mean, Rob is obviously going to this is going to be a slow start for him. You know, regardless of where you fall in this conversation in terms of this going to be the story of Rob's career or whether this is going to be something that's uh, another year that we have to add to those you know, the, the frustrating ramp-ups to, to to we finally see him put it all together for a full, f- complete, regular season. I still think it's a little early. I mean, I, I was concerned about him being more out of shape than anything, and I was thinking, you know, we, we've seen this in the past before, especially third, four-year guys who come into training camp not in the best of shape, and they sort of think, and especially when you think about the last two seasons, the way they were combined, and now these guys finally get a full off season, and, uh, and you know, it's, it's natural. It's human nature to lay back and maybe maybe not stay in the gym as much as you usually would. You know, maybe that's the case. And, and, and obviously that doesn't help for someone with chronic injury like this because you have to work your way out of that or at least wait for it. But when it comes to Rob, I, I'm still going to wait it out a bit. We'll see what happens. But if this is the story of the regular season, then that, that drastically changes the Celtics' you know, outlook for where they're going to be ranked up when it comes to playoff
3: time. For sure. To me, he's the ceiling raiser. Like if this team yeah, is going to jump right. into that I top mean, three yeah. echelon, it was going to be because he's pushing them at that 8-3 and three, you know, percentage, whatever that is in terms of win percentage, when he was out there as a starter with this group. He didn't look like himself all preseason. And to me, the conditioning, and he did comment on his own conditioning, you know, could be better. I don't think he's brutally out of shape. You know, I don't think he's in his elite prime shape. They could be, but it doesn't line up to me with the motivation he talked about in getting the contract, the goals he had set out for this year. Maybe it's a case of he doesn't know how hard he could work. You know, maybe he thinks this is like the peak of that he could, you know, be going in at, and it's actually another echelon that he could be rising to workout-wise. But you see this guy, he's, you know, eight, you know, eleven feet over the rim, eleven feet off the ground, and he's dunking. I don't think that's a guy who's just mailing it in, in the weight room and, you know, not putting the work into his body that he needs. Now, in terms of the health. There's a reason this guy went 27 of the Celtics at the end of the day. You know, we've heard about blood condition. Uh, he's had the hip issue, knees galore, all the kinds of issues with the knees, and it's both knees yeah. now. It was the other knee last year. Which you
4: don't want to hear from a young seven-footer.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So it feels like he's just kind of predisposed to these things. They were concerned about his work ethic and, you know, burst and engine at AM. and The Time Lord thing, what made him Time Lord? I think that came and went very quickly. I think all the other stuff he's kind of proven wrong. The health, sometimes guys just have terrible medicals and you know it follows through, and a guy's never the same. Look at Michael Porter on Denver, you know, just became a 200 million dollar man. He went 14th. That's the number one pick in the draft if his medical was better.
4: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Especially that draft, too. That was a guy that everyone was talking about on draft night because you had no idea where he was going to land. You know, it's just interesting because we're, I just don't want that three month span or whatever the case was, you know, last season. Or to to be lightning in the bottle, like the story of Robert Wood. Like that's where he peaked. What because if? Obviously, you, there's too many what ifs in Celtics history already. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but you sign them, you sign them to this contract, and again, you know, you I don't know if you were here for when John was talking about how like how could you do that? Doesn't that that was a gamble worth taking though? And I think everyone would agree with that. You know, you couldn't let him get out into the open market, especially if he was able to match what we saw last year, or better yet, even perform better it would be long gone, and, and if you're the Celtics, and especially Celtics fans, they would say, well, why didn't you re-sign them?" I just think it's an investment worth taking or, or, or you know, worth waiting for. I'm not quite ready to hit the pen button yet. Not yet.
3: No, and I think with all the guys that they've lost, Hayward, Irving, Morris, Roger, for nothing, absolutely yeah. nothing. Right. You know, at least put yourself in a position, all right, to maybe Rob drafted. Fizzle's out, You can get a second round pick for him eventually or something. If someone else wants to take a flyer on him, that's way down the line. Ultimately, I think the motive there is to have money on the books to make a big splash, maybe a stepping stone trade in between to that big splash. Uh, You just give yourself a lot of flexibility with what they did. Again, no one's becoming free agents in the NBA over the next couple of years. Uh, They didn't prevent themselves from doing anything by you know signing these different guys everybody's taking that guaranteed money i think you're going to see bradley beal take that massive contract very quickly within the next year or so here and maybe make a decision from there um this talk of zion i think zion has his eyes elsewhere if he ultimately makes that bold decision to pass up on the massive max contract with new orleans (laughs) at the end of his rookie deal that would be the first time anybody ever did that but again you look across the league is anybody out there that you want that Resigning Rob, resigning Smart, doing those things prevents you from doing. I, I think it almost puts you in a better position to make one of those kind of deals uh, in the future.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's not like they they gave him a whole lot, you know. And when you look at the years per, but I just think if he's broken goods or damaged goods, he or, makes
3: less than Kelly Olenek during this deal. <laughs> what's that? He makes less than Kelly Olenek over the course of this deal.
4: I know, I know, which is which is funny because you you think of the deal that he signed after he left Boston with Miami and. But I just think it's again, it's one of those risks that is worth taking, and even if it doesn't pan out, yeah, sure you could squeeze him in a trade, but it just it makes it harder now, though, right, Bobby? Because I, I just don't I don't know if teams want to sign up for that type of that type of uh, player, you know, who's who has those chronic injuries. Unless I don't think on, Rob has great value of his deal. You know, we're talking tra- towards the back end of that deal, maybe,
3: but not, no, I don't. I don't think Rob has great value around the NBA right now. I think yeah, that's what I mean. So it's tough. If someone says, all right, I can have this guy as a fire," and I am listed as John Zanish right now. Oh, yeah. So. Nobody mistakes. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to try to fill that part. Um, yeah, Kelly, I'm not going to knock Kelly. Kelly is a good player. But, again, that's where Rob is in the hierarchy. I think we all know Rob is a higher ceiling than Kelly if he hits it. I just pulled out this over-under list. I'm going to do more of this on Dome Theory over the weekend because I love doing this every year. Uh, but it does just give you an idea of where – You know, people who know some things hold the Celtics. I think the GM survey had them fifth in the East. Um, This one, over-unders, you got Nets 56.5. It's high. Uh, Bucks 54.5. Sixers 50.5. So people still high on the Sixers, despite Hmm. the chaos there. And then 48.5 the Heat, who um, the Celtics obviously saw today. And then it's actually tied for that fifth spot. Hawks. Celtics, kind of a toss up there, and it was a toss up last year. Yeah, see, people are gonna put to they're gonna put
4: the Hawks and Celtics neck and neck, and I guess that's fair, especially now with everything that's you know going on between Rob's injury and you know, but a lot of it's based on when their performance from last season. But it, I mean, don't get me wrong, but Atlanta's gonna be a really good team. They'll, they'll certainly be in the mix for sure. So they they they've earned that spot. So, but yeah, I, I'm sure Celtics fans are kind of like, well,
3: you kind of have to give them their due. I like the Heat tonight too. I really like that team. You know, I love Kyle Lowry. That was a guy. If I could pick anybody in the league last year to put on that Celtics team, it would have been him. Yeah, you were trying them. to trade from the deadline. Yep, it I was trying to Toronto trade for John people. Collins. There were a lot of guys I pointed out that I think really could have helped the Celtics if they got proactive with it and aggressive. I mean, they still have six future first-round picks. That's a story for another day. Did you really um, send that email though? Are you going to send? <laughs> <laughs>
4: People are going to be like, what? Bobby emailed oh something. Lord. You emailed Danny. Remember that? That was crazy. I told you don't do it. Man. I
3: put out the pitch, but it got ignored. It went to the yeah. spam. Um, it went to the spam Then he was like, wait a minute. What about Al, though? And then the whole thing started. That's- but remember, Josue, think of how thin the line is. This team slipped a little bit at the end of last year, and all of a sudden they're in a winner-take-all play-in game to come into the playoffs. I don't think that's out of question this year, if things aren't right health-wise, COVID-wise there's a lot of variables that we're already starting right. to see
4: barring, barring those injuries or barring, uh, uh, you know, so missing a lot of games or players missing a lot of games because of uh, you know, COVID uh, protocols. But we're, we say that barring those injuries, right? I mean, I don't think going into the season that if, if everybody was healthy or relatively healthy, you know, and if that's the case, I think, I think you're disappointed though, you
3: know? Yeah. So 500 was the mark for the playing game last year. So that would be 41 wins this year um Celtic slated 46 and a half now that would be what percentage out of 82 because last year they didn't play 82 so these numbers get a little mixed up 567 which last year would have been that sixth seed oh, I um yeah, yeah so like that's kind of where this like, like i don't think anybody envisions them passing brooklyn or milwaukee i really like atlanta i love the stride they hit last year obviously they were You know, if Giannis stayed down and, you know, they got stayed on their feet a little bit, they had a real chance of making the NBA finals last year. So I think that's something they can pivot off. Um, Miami, I think they're in the same class. Uh, And so you're in that position that you said, fighting for four. Um, What you really don't want is the Knicks' tick seed expectations, the Pacers, the Bulls, the Hornets. Do any of those – Wizards, too. I put the Wizards in that class. Do any of those teams intrigue you at possibly pushing Boston? Um, New York is tough. You say New York? Mm-hmm. They're there. They're be- they were better than Celtics last year.
4: I mean, Chicago, everyone's inter- interested to see what Chicago's going to look like. But I just don't know if defensively if, if they're going to be enough to get themselves in there. But then again, I could be wrong. You know that The offensive firepower could make them a top-five team or at least put them in the conversation of fighting for that fifth spot. So, yeah, I, I guess those are the two teams that stand out to me the most. But it's going to be interesting because how this team matches up against the teams that will be ranked above them, it's going to be like that's the the approach in, in in which they defend Giannis and the Bucks. Like, how does that work if Rob is not who he used to be? You know, or, or how does that Joshua. work against a team that right. has Al Horford now, that has Dennis Schroeder, two weapons that I'm going to continue to bring up the first couple of weeks <laughs> heading into this regular season because they just needed those kind of guys, whether it was instant offense or whether it was two guys that can just keep that ball flowing. We got so sick and tired of seeing that stagnant basketball, that you go, I go, and you know everyone take their turns, and then we sort of half-heartedly play defense. No, like that has to stop, and that's one thing I, I'd say – probably tops the list on on what's impressed me the most about this team overall is the fact that guys are holding each other accountable on the defensive end so that's a that's a big uh, you know that's sort of that's the kind of thing where you look at matchups and you say okay well if they're the fourth seed so what they got home court and i like their chances against a team like the bucks because i like the way they defend them you know or i like the fact that they they're the only one of the few teams in the east that can really give the brooklyn nets a run for their money you know so I think I'm going to keep my eye on that more than I will for the standings. I mean, obviously you want them to get home court because that's going to be a huge, you know, advantage in the playoffs. But overall, it's just, this isn't going to be a team that just has enough talent to have a better record than most of those top two, three teams in the East. But that you yeah, g- can beat them in a seven-game series, though.
3: Yeah, you're right. The talent, the top-end talent's not here. I mean, your third guy feasibly is Al Horford if he's playing like he did early in the preseason. That's what kills me. Yeah. Brown came out gun slinging. Oh, man. Horford looked like his old self. And now all of a sudden you have the cloud over their head. Like, is there going to be lingering effects from COVID for both of those guys? Are they going to get back on time? seems like Brown will Horford. There's a big question just because of the timeline. Uh, you know, we don't know either of their vaccination status, which I do think matters just in terms of the severity of the symptoms um, and just how it impacts guys. I think it lessens it, you know, scientifically here, if you do have that. And then, you know, just can this depth pan out? Can these young guys step up? The young guys is a huge development. I know John hammered down the first section of our show. Those guys being reliable rotation guys instead of, oh, geez, we got to play Langford, we got to play Neesmith. Like, that's how we looked at those kind of starting lineups last year. Tonight I looked, all right, Romeo's in the Langford. Uh, <laughs> Romeo's in the Langford in the starting lineup. <laughs> I was excited, you know, just the way he's played, what he's given them, the activity. Yeah, like I'm he for can, the first time spot. ever.
4: Yeah, I, I don't think that's a question mark anymore, right, Bobby? Like three games ago, he was a question mark. Now he's in the rotation. You know, he's not a starter. Well, maybe, but we have to wait and see. But people are gonna hate this. Ago, you ask me, I'm like, he doesn't he's not he doesn't have a permanent spot in the
3: rotation yet, he's gotta earn it. People are gonna hate this. If I see Grant in the starting lineup on opening night, I won't be terrified. This is a guy who's playing well, moving well. Did you see his pick and roll dunk? Yeah, <laughs> he looked like rob <laughs>
4: that was automatic too it was one of those like he blinked twice and next thing you knew he was dunking it was like he's getting up man. there
3: he's getting in passing lanes he looks right. bouncy this is not the grant of 2020 so kudos to these young guys
4: now look at him
3: i looked at the the young core on this team with so much disgust last year like i just didn't see the upside with these guys they weren't improving pritchard did his thing in year one but i didn't see A massive amount of upside with Neesmith, Grant, a big ability for these guys to get better. You know, some people would have just dumped some of these guys outright, and they ultimately did with Carson. Um, But all four of them came out and were markedly better players against real competition. They got starting opportunities against Orlando, and they really looked in control and confident and poised. So that was a moment of the preseason for me, and overall a good preseason for this team. You saw Absolutely. a burst from Schroeder. Is- uh, Richardson started to fit in. Uh, I thought Smart played well in that first game, and Brown was outstanding with that 16-point burst that he had in that first quarter. Uh, Tatum, 40%. Does that concern you? No. Let him get just, his reps in. Just firing shots. Up. Yeah. Yeah, but just get to the free throw line.
4: He did revert to uh, being Mr. Complain about every single time on touch tonight, but other <laughs> than was that, complaining I like- too. I like his approach. He complains a lot. He's he's gone right back into that.
3: Uh, I guess last thing before we get out of here, we can hit on the smart thing one more time because we did kick it around earlier this afternoon. And I don't think we've talked about it on here, actually. So, yeah, let's do this in full. Um, Marcus Smart suspended tonight out of the lineup, missed the flight to Orlando. Sean Grandy on the radio was saying that the Celtics went down to my, or uh, Orlando on Monday early, two days early before the game. I don't know when Smart got in. He was there on Thursday talking about it, or rather not talking about it. They put him in front of the camera, and he he said, we're moving on. Uh, Woj had the report that he missed the flight. My thing is, I'm not an experienced reporter. I haven't been around the league a long time. I don't know how common this is. Does this happen all the time, and it gets swept under the rug and handled behind the scenes in a less public way than it happens here? Or is this a troubling sign for a guy who's eight years into the league not able to make the team flight? I don't have a good idea of, like just how seriously to take this. But it does say something to me that they made the big public display, leaked it to Woj and Shams before, and got the whole attention of the Celtics media for a day on Marcus Smart and his mishap. You know, you could have easily covered this up and handled it in-house as Smart wanted it to be done, and May said it was done. But yeah. at the end of the day, they put this out there in full view, and that says something to me.
4: Yeah, same. I agree. I, I think this is Ime setting a president. And, and I think that's something that they, he has to do, not only because he's the first, this is his first year leading this team, but you have to set that tone because you're putting Marcus in a situation where he's the starting point guard. He can't, he has to lead by example. And this is a bad example. And I thought that Ime maybe went out of his way on this one to sort of put it out there that, look, this was my decision. And Bobby, I love the fact that you asked him that question. Like, wait, is this a team decision? Or is this email suspending Marcus Mars? You no, know, I did, and he almost he hesitated a bit. He was like, "You know what? No, I, I this, this is my role." I had with Marcus, or so in other words, this isn't like oh, you know, just a my bad, coach. You know, I, I messed up. No, like we specifically spoke about this. You know, so I think that that spoke volumes for the the whole team and for the direction that they're going in, and for the fact that you know, from us to the outside looking in, or, or we know about it. Everyone knows about it. Celtics fans know about it. I think email is doing a good job of holding holding people accountable now. There's, that's not always. It's not always the bad side of accountability, right? The good side is what we saw a little bit tonight. What I love to see out of Jason Tatum, which is not necessarily not only get into an opponent's face, but defend one of his guys, right? He helped Dennis Schroeder get up. I said, "Well, wait a minute, Jimmy, but back up. This is my guy." You know what I mean? That very first preseason game, we saw that out of two guys, in my opinion, Dennis Schroeder and Josh Richardson, two guys that weren't here last year. And I'm not saying that they're the ones that set the tone, but I just think it's a, it's a. It's a great way to look at where this team is compared to where they were, you know, in that last playoff game. You know, everyone's sort of holding each other accountable on defense. Everyone's sort of defending each other. And I also think I'll I'll even take another step further. I think guys stepping up is sort of like a bit of I mean, obviously, it's a it's a it's a display of what they've been going through in their progression. But also, it's sort of like, hey, we got each other's back around here. Marcus, you suspended. You know what? I'm gonna ball out and do my thing. You know, we got each other's back out here. You know, damn. You know, Al sick. You know, Jalen. You know, I think all that is relevant with this team, and I think that's gonna that's gonna really help this team become more tighter and 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 make it seem make them have that sort of us versus everybody else mentality. I think that that's really important. I think that's something that Eme is trying to 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 plant right away. He's doing a good job. <laughs>
3: What line did Jay King use in his piece? What Brad Stevens would have said in that situation? (laughs) This is challenging or something like that.
4: No, what's the word he used to always say?
3: Uh, It's an obstacle or something like that. Yeah. (laughs) I got to pull up exactly what word Jay used. Jay is uh, a funny writer. Brad Stevens would have called the situation a curveball. A a curveball. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) What a great one. He's
4: always saying
3: that. what a great Jay, line! To throw Jay, Jay
4: writes the way the way the way he talks sometimes like it's good though. I don't mean <laughs> that in a bad way. It's just like you you know exactly the comedy he has when he yeah
3: it made, you know, me, laugh. Like, made yeah. me laugh, made me laugh. So I have a piece out as well on what you just talked about, the difference in EMA, how things feel, how things look around uh, training camp. I know Richardson compared it to the Heat culture uh, that he played in for a couple of years at the beginning of his career. Obviously, he had the smart Grant fight. I don't know if you. Had any thoughts on that situation, which was kind of weird a week or so ago? Um, hey, I love it. And I love the fact that it had to do with flopping, which used and how to How about be, Al? Uh, it used on to be MO
4: years ago, right?
3: I like this too. Al coming out. I wasn't here last Saturday. I want to start. Like, you know, hesitated first. Yeah. Da, da, da. And then he caught himself and was like, no, mm-hmm. let me answer the question. I want to start. That was great. Um, yeah. I think a lot of guys are really competing here. And, you know, different roles got to be hashed out. Grant earned his, I felt like, uh, Neesmith and Langford. You know, they Brad set a challenge out to the young guys before camp. If they are an opportunity, they are an opportunity. But we look like an older team here this year. So, overall, preseason's good. Troubling signs. COVID's in the room. That's not great after last year. Like, you know, I don't even think there's a lot going around the rest of the league from what I caught glimpsing around the different teams so far in terms of, like, pure COVID cases so hard to blame guys for that. It's so random. I know Smart talked about that the other day when I asked them. Um, and then injuries. You don't like seeing that early either. Like, is this just going to be part two of last year with all the different things I dealt with on that front? We'll see opening night Wednesday. We will talk about some more. Here's Joe Slate Pavone from heavy.com and CLNS media. Yes, and uh, we do have to give a quick shout out as well to our, new friends here at the garden report from down the street i'm up here in peabody they are in salem we wanted to give some love to oh man you're right there look at
4: you bobby you get you get your free sample yet
3: not yet i'll be heading down soon but everybody on the north shore talks about insa because it's in salem right down the street right around the corner just in top of halloween too look
4: at that
3: they could put a spider on the uh, roof. They put this giant inflatable spider on the roof. I saw it oh, today. Oh, yeah, you right. You know what? I I've never done the whole
4: like Halloween in Salem thing. Like, you know, I did like the when you're a kid and you go for like school and stuff. I never
3: actually like partied on Salem. I,
4: I should get that done.
3: Well, if you want to check them out, give them a call 877-500-INSA and uh ooh. With that we are done. Garn Report will see you on Wednesday.